Hello, Wild Wanderers, and welcome to our wicked window of the internet. Won't you pour yourself a cup of your best tea, light a candle to stave away the darkness, and cozy up as we tell you a story? Wittershins is a storytelling podcast where we will dive into dusty bookshelves and winding, darkened pathways, looking to stories from gothic literature, folklore, fairy tales, horror, and beyond. We are accompanied by our trusted bard and guitarist Joe Saborin, who will be live accompanying for us as our characters find their way out of the thickets and snarls of their tales. My name is Ashley Nunez, and I will be your narrator to peer over bough and branch, following our heroes and foes into far distant lands, both familiar and unknown. Let us begin Once Upon a Time. by Christina Rosso. Rapunzel braced herself on the stone archway of the window as the most recent suitor, gripping her golden locks like a rope, began to descend. She didn't bother to wave to him, forced smile on her face or tell him to come again. There wouldn't be an again. His hands moved down her hair, the constant shifting, a searing tug at her scalp. This is the last time, she told herself. The last time the enchantress would shriek for Rapunzel to let down her hair, the last suitor treating her flesh like an endless buffet. Soon her body would no longer belong to the sloped and leaky walls of the stone tower. Her hair would be a tool rather than a shackle. Soon she'd be someone else entirely, reborn a snake having shed its skin. As she knew from many tales of maidens being held captive by villains and monsters, To escape, you had to cut off the head of the beast. Naturally, she had considered killing her captor, the Enchantress. Though it had been a momentary thought lasting no longer than the flicker of a flame, it was a black mark she imagined carved into her chest. She rubbed at that spot now and again, a sigh of relief escaping her lips when the skin felt smooth. The truth was, Even if the Enchantress was wicked, a kidnapper and a jailer, who peddled the girl's flesh to suitor after suitor intrigued by the woman in the longest hair known to man, she was also family. It wasn't a biological familiarity, once upon a time. Rapunzel had a mother and a father. But after so many years, her parents were just a dim outline resembling the wind, transient and imprecise. 
The only person she knew in palpable sharp angles and curves was the Enchantress. Her entire conceptualization of the outside world was formed by that woman. There was also a tenderness to her, if only in the moments when the old woman stroked Rapunzel's hair with a comb. She would sing then, leaving stories of a beautiful maiden with hair as long as a tower, and how one day her prince would come. Rapunzel knew the enchantress loved her in her own way, and that she deserved to live. Though, it would be in purgatory without her prized possession. The suitor shifted his hand again, and Rapunzel's upper teeth sliced into her chin, leaving a red indent. It took a suitor a minimum of 30 minutes to climb down her hair. At this point, she barely noticed her cheeks were stained in tears. It was as common an action as a yawn or a shiver. An idea flashed through her head. What if she cut it off now? Let the man fall to his death, or at the very least, break a limb or two. He deserved it. They all did. These suitors bartered and herded, whipped and flayed her as though she were cattle. An expensive hide full of tender meat they needed Rapunzel to make them feel something. It didn't occur to them that she might want the opposite. Her desires, her needs weren't on these suitors' horizons. Patience, she reminded herself, don't create a scene. She had a plan and she needed to stick to it. A scene now would only condemn her. She caressed the bubbled flesh surrounding her wrists in an attempt to soothe herself, yet instead the searing pain made her anger flare. Like most men, this suitor, who she nicknamed Birdman, was easy to read. He was insecure about his body, thinning hair and beak-like nose, so he paid to be with a woman with the thickest, longest hair he'd ever seen, and then tied her up with her own hair to show he was powerful. He bent and contoured her into various shapes. Then his eyes lit up when he pressed his skeletal hands to her throat. Yes, he liked to choke her just a little bit, just until her cheeks and forehead started to flush and her throat emitted strangled gasps. Rapunzel squeezed her eyes shut as he once again moved his hands lower on her braid. It wouldn't be long now. Her scalp was on fire, her forehead tingling with sweat. Patience, she told herself again. Once upon a time, she had believed, even hoped, that after a certain amount of suitors, this kind of work would become numbing. Yet, that wasn't how the story went. She felt every gluttonous grab, every scratch, lick, and slap. It didn't matter if these men were kind or vicious. Counter left her feeling stretched as though her skin were elastic, being pulled and snapped, pulled and snapped again and again. Sometimes she wondered if she might burst, 
chunks of skin and hair strewn across the stone floor and walls. What would the enchantress say then? Would she collect dark magic to bring her back to life, a sewed-up mismatched monster of a maiden? Rapunzel believed the old woman would do anything to keep her, anything to maintain the piles of gold she collected from the suitors. Rapunzel's plan was simple. If she couldn't cut off the head of the beast, she would sever what it cherished more than anything honey-colored locks and use that to escape. She knew the plan relied on luck. She had to wait until the suitor climbed into the darkness below. Then she would listen to the enchantress and the suitor finalize their transaction and walk away from the tower. Next, she would wait for the lanterns to glow in the old woman's cabin like dozens of fireflies. Finally, she would cut off her hair use it to climb down the tower. She would slip into the woods under the cloak of darkness, praying that no creatures attacked and the enchantress didn't suspect anything. Rapunzel would get far enough away. The old woman couldn't find her. She knew her plan was flawed, but it was all she had. The cracks and crevices of the stone pricked her spine, her sit bones ached from the hollow slab beneath her, the weight of the suitor finally gone, her shoulders and neck relaxed. She rubbed her hips, then kneaded her shoulders one at a time. The sun was low now, the sky bathed in blue and gray shadows. She pulled the knife from the pocket of her robe. Her heart thrashed in her chest. She brought the knife to her eyeline an inch from her hair. A woman's beauty is measured by her hair, the enchantress's words echoed. But what had her hair, her statement of beauty, brought Rapunzel? Flashes of suitors appeared in the tower like ghosts reenacting the past. Her first suitor, a giant of a man, positioned her on the bed, her belly pressed onto the sheets, hips propped up by a pillow. He drove himself into her over and over again. Rapunzel's jaw was shoved into the edge of the mattress, her yelping muted by clenched teeth. Her head bobbed back and forth with each thrust, and her eyes watched a small black spider scuttle across the stone floor between the bed and the wall. Tears hurried down her cheeks. She exhaled and pressed the blade to her hair, gliding it through a thick yellow strand. By the other window on the other side of the tower is another suitor. He drove his fist into Rapunzel's left cheek. The bones under her eye quivered, considering surrender before allowing themselves to fissure. The blow toppled her and she landed on the other side of her face, chilling smack of the stone floor leaving the taste of metal in her mouth. She could feel a bruise blooming under her left eye and along her right temple. She remembered how upset the enchantress had been. She would have to wait for the bruises to heal before another suitor could climb the tower. She spat the words, Time is money. At Rapunzel, as though she had asked for this. She hadn't asked for any of this. Her 
Rapunzel took a fistful of hair and worked the knife's point through. At the windowsill beside her was the suitor who longed for affection and just wanted to be held. He reached her hand out to him, but he didn't notice her. She watched him sit beside the window arm in arm with a version of herself rocking one another like a mother does her baby. When he began to climb down her hair shortly after, she begged him to stay. Please, she said, take me with you. His face cracked into something vile then. Pity. He said, thank you, and continued to climb down. He wasn't going to be the prince who saved her from the beast. She ripped through another section of hair, a pile of jaded strands on her lap. At the foot of the bed was a suitor who liked to be tied up. Punzel wrapped thick pieces of her hair around his wrists and throat. She pulled tightly on the knots, then she slipped on top of him, grinding her hip bones into his as she maneuvered as constrained like a rider does the reins attached to a horse. It went on like this suitors and versions of Rapunzel moving about the tower in the throes of pleasure and pain. Eventually, the men all blurred together, indiscernible in the acts of desire and power. Thick tears filled her eyes, creating a film over each iris. She shuddered as a mass approached her. Furiously wiping her eyes, the knife still in hand, she strained to see her attackers. When her vision cleared, a dozen versions of Rapunzel knelt beside her. Each held the same knife as she. Let us help, they said in unison. Rapunzel exhaled audibly, uncertain what was about to happen. Her bones trembled beneath her skin. The versions of her leaned forward, knives raised. She held her breath. Was this the end? Death by her own ghosts? At once, they sliced through the remaining length of Rapunzel's hair. It was dizzying to watch them work. The cutting was like water weaving through rocks and earth, continuous and elegant, their hands and their blades moving with ease, just shedding layers. As swiftly as they had approached, they disappeared. Rapunzel squeezed her eyes shut, hoping when she opened them her ghost would return. But they were gone. She shoved her fist into a wide opening of her mouth, concealing how she was alone. No one was coming to save her. Her cheeks were streaked, sticky with drying tears. Rapunzel brought her hands to the back of her neck. She fingered what was left of her hair. They had left a present. One loose lock that skimmed her clavicle. Rapunzel brought the edge of the blade to the final lock and guided it through the golden strand. She placed the knife on the cool stone ground and felt her way through the newly chopped hair, an explorer sliding her hands over a map of a new world. Now the longest point of her hair looked just under her ears. She looked down and saw the severed locks discarded on the floor, an unwanted carcass, adding burden and signaling decay. 
Rapunzel expected to burst into violent tears at the loss of the one thing she had been praised for, but instead, she smiled. She brought her hands to her cheeks to chart the unusual expression on her face. There was a weightlessness to sacrifice. She stood and walked over to the window to see if the enchantress was gone in the distance. The lights in the cottage twinkled in the midnight sky. It was time. We'd like to express a special thank you for Christina letting us read her story from She is a Beast. Christina Rosso lives and writes in South Philadelphia with her rescue pup Atticus Finch and bearded husband Alex. Together they run an independent bookstore and event space called A Novel Idea on Passyunk. She is a Beast is her first book, and you can visit the link that's going to be in our description to learn more about Christina, her writing, and to get a copy of your own. Wittershins is created by Ashley Nunez of Old Growth Alchemy and folk musician Joe Saboran. In the presence of their curious cat Django, a few too many half-drunk cups of tea, and far too many begrudgingly half-completed art projects. If you'd like to follow along Joe and his musical machinations, you can find him at Joe Saboran Music on Facebook and Instagram or joesaboran.com. For more glimpses into the wild woods of story, botanical libations, and sensual ephemera, you can find me, Ashley, at Old Growth Alchemy on Facebook and Instagram or at oldgrowthalchemy.com. And if you've enjoyed what you're listening to, give us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. Until next time, friends new and old, we'll be sure to keep the kettle on with a seat open for you by the fire.